This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. You know, Mississippians are no strangers to hurricane preparedness in the face of an emergency. We know to secure our property and stock up on non-perishable items like food and water. But another important aspect of emergency preparedness is often left undone, and that's financial preparedness. In the aftermath of a hurricane or other emergency, you shouldn't have to worry about searching for account information or retroactively trying to remember the details of all your possessions. Emergency financial documents are among the easiest things to prepare, ensuring that you have everything you need readily available during an emergency. So today we're going to give you some ideas on how to organize your financial information before and after an emergency. We're using as our guide a toolkit that was prepared uh, by the Florida Department of Financial Services, but much of the information obviously applies uh, to anyone who is threatened uh, when hurricane season uh, is in full force, as it is uh, this month. So give us a call this morning. Our phone number is one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. We're looking for any uh, advice that you could give about what, sh- wish- what you wish you would have known financially during Hurricane Katrina or maybe some lessons learned during that uh, storm. Also, we always look for your personal finance questions as well. So good morning, Ryder. Hope that you had a good Labor Day weekend. Good morning. Yes, I did. Uh, What about some financial news in the news? Uh, Well, today is a very big day in stock trading. Um, It is T plus two settlement day. And I know that's going to go a little above the heads of a lot of people. So basically, when you buy or sell a stock, uh, you go to your broker and you say, hey, I would like to buy 100 shares of General Electric. And they say, okay, cool. They go find those 100 shares and they tell you they found them and everything's good. They show up in your account. And for the most part, that's all you need to see. But the money actually doesn't change hands for another three days. And so what that means, there's this kind of weird three-day period where uh, you have cash that's not in your account that appears to be in your account. And so that three days is cutting down to two days, which will be very helpful for people who want to, say, sell a stock and withdraw money. Um, It'll take a little less time for that to happen. Or people who are uh, trading a little more frequently, they'll have less trouble. They'll have less hiccups with that process. So uh, overall, it should actually make things a lot smoother for most people, even even if it's something that they've never noticed before. So do we have that type of a day every every month? No. So this is uh, this is a, just a, a, a big change. It's been a three-day settlement for uh, years and years and years. And uh, the all of the regulators and uh, self-regulatory bodies and stock exchange, et cetera, they all got together and they decided, yes, the modern world is getting a lot faster and we should too. Uh, so it's going to be 
two-day settlement from here on out, and hopefully in the future we'll go down to one-day settlement so things will happen a lot faster. All right, very good. Uh, so you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, uh, looking for any personal finance questions that you have for us, as we do each week, but also today focusing on uh, financial preparedness for hurricane season. Um, Mississippians are, are unfortunately way too familiar with hurricanes and, and the damage that they can sometimes wreak. Um, and uh, there is now a current Hurricane Irma uh, that is chugging its way towards the uh, U.S. mainland. It's a Category 5 storm. We're not sure what the path is. Uh, some suggest that it might skirt up the East Coast and affect uh, maybe uh, Georgia or the Carolinas. Other pro- uh, projections show it uh, affecting South Florida. Uh, but you don't know. It could possibly also go into the Gulf. That's one of the uh, the nervous things about a hurricane is the uncertainty of the path. Uh, but we'll probably know more as the days go on. Uh, but uh, September is Hurricane Preparedness Month. And so, uh, as I mentioned the opener, a lot of folks know to stock up on, on food and water and to batten the hatches, as it were, on their property. But uh, we're talking today about uh, ways to prepare financially uh, so that if you are impacted by a storm, uh, you'll be good to go afterwards uh, on the road to recovery. So, uh, you know, we suffered through Hurricane Katrina, one of the major hurricanes uh, in, in recent memory. Uh, if you have some experiences from that storm that you'd wish to share about how you were affected financially or how you've learned to prepare financially, uh, you can give us a call as well. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number, one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. And again, our guide for this discussion, a a toolkit prepared by the Florida Department of Financial Services. So, Ryder, I think we're going to kind of go through this and point out uh, the the things that they suggest, but sort of off the top, any kind of general thoughts about uh, financial preparedness uh, in, in natural disasters? Well, there's a couple of things which are just general good practices that would be useful during during a natural disaster. Um, I always recommend people keep a, at least around two months of their expenses in a checking account. Some people keep a ton of money in their checking account. There's no need to have a ton there. Some people just hardly keep any. And you need to have about two months expenses just so that if a large expense comes through, you know you're going to be able to pay it. And when in a natural disaster, you know... Maybe maybe your paycheck doesn't deposit uh, or, or you lose your job uh, or you have large expenses that you're racking up on a debit card um, in an emergency situation. It's good to go ahead and have that little buffer of cash there. Um, that being said, one thing that happens in in natural disasters is the electricity goes out. Um, uh, communication lines go out. Uh, so you can't use your debit or credit card. And so you know, before a large storm, if 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 you're if you're buying extra water and gas for your generator, you should also be taking some money out of the ATM and do that with plenty of time in advance as well, uh, because ATMs do run out of money. And um, and if the electricity goes off, they won't be able to spit it out even if they have it. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the uh, prep tips that the the toolkit starts off with. And I know that I've really gotten used to doing most of my purchasing with a debit card. So it's important to remember uh, to have some actual cash on hand because, as you mentioned, power outages will probably not – will knock out the ATM machines. And I hadn't thought about it. But you're right. If there's a run on – uh, grocery store sometimes there's a run on mm-hmm. bread and water and that sort of thing. There there could also uh, deplete the uh, the uh, stockpile of money that your local ATM machine has on hand as well. Absolutely, that cash is just like any other any other thing you might buy in a store. 
And again, this uh, kit is very nicely done. It has some places where you can uh, write down your information and actually attach copies of uh, various cards that you might need. Uh, you don't need something this fancy, but I would say maybe have this all put together. And again, something to keep in mind is when you do assemble this kit that's got some paper uh, parts to it and, and things maybe written down in pen, that sort of thing, make sure that you have a nice dry spot for it, maybe a, a giant Ziploc baggie to make sure that it stays uh, uh, both uh, accessible but dry because obviously if it gets wet, that might ruin the information that you've so carefully prepared. Uh, what about the idea of an insurance checkup? Um, well, that's again, that's a great idea to do anyway. You know, if you've done, you typically pay for insurance on six or 12 month periods. So, you know, having, having a regular checkup is you're going to be doing a regular checkup anyway, making sure your insurance, uh, is an adequate amount for what you have. Um, you're going to need uh, car insurance, home insurance, uh, or if you rent renter's insurance, uh, and renter's insurance would be very important in a hurricane situation. Of course, uh, these policies are very inexpensive and they, you you would need to check and make sure it covers things like um, if you're displaced because of a storm or if things get a get storm damage to them. Um, so making sure the amounts of the coverage are adequate and making sure that the events that they cover are adequate is going to be very important. Sure, you don't uh, obviously don't want to um, think that you were covered for something and after a, a financial or a, a natural disaster find out that you were not. Uh, Absolutely. We're, we're talking today about preparing financially for a natural disaster. Also looking for your personal finance questions as we do each week. The phone lines are open, so give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Again, if you learned any sort of financial lessons during Hurricane Katrina that you'd like to share with us, we'd certainly appreciate your insight uh, into this topic as well. Uh, another th tip there that uh, we are talking about as you pr prepare your financial uh, house uh, for possible uh, uh, natural disaster, the idea of uh, keeping receipts uh, for temporary living expenses and repairs re performed on your property because, again, if you're going to kind of make a claim at a later date, it's important to have um, information that um, that you would need the, the expenses that you've done to, to help get reimbursed for that. Um, <clears throat> the other, the next section of the toolkit that we're using uh, talks about uh, financial account information. Um, so, Ryder, help us think about some of the the financial institutions that we would need to to uh, keep track of in terms of addresses, phone numbers, uh, bank account uh, account numbers, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, the most important ones are going to be the ones you interact with on a daily basis. Uh, things like your primary bank, where you have your debit card through. Uh, things like your, uh, if you have an emergency savings account elsewhere, uh, I often recommend people have an emergency savings account online. And as long as you're still able to get online and access that, if you have that linked up to your to your local checking account, you can you can slide some money over. That makes it very easy. Um, is people worry a lot about uh, you know their banks not being open and things like that. And just because an ATM is not dispensing money or is turned off doesn't mean that the bank has shut down or anything. Um, I remember during Hurricane Katrina, I believe it was Hancock Bank on the coast. Most almost all all of the, all of their branches were on the coast. Um, I don't think all of them were shut down, but they you know that would be a big worry because you couldn't even go into a branch then you couldn't even you know maybe if you had come up to Jackson you couldn't go to a branch in Jackson um, but most banks are either at least 
statewide, regional, or national banks. So it's very likely that you have a statewide, regional, or national bank that even if a large number of branches in your area are affected, they are still up and running uh, full steam with customer service, still have access to your online stuff. Um, so it, it, it's important, you know, if you have if you if you're going to use two institutions, um, use you know your local bank for your checking that you use all the time, but also use another bank that you can access that money. Um, your retirement, I mean, I know this says things like retirement accounts and investment accounts. That's going to be less important. Um, that's going to come into play when you have maybe maybe much larger expenses further down the line. You know, you want to replace your house. You're going to need to take some money out of your investments. Um, but another really good piece is credit cards um, because the credit card networks will be operating. Um, I mean, if 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 communication networks and electricity is there, credit card network will be there, um, even if you know your local bank isn't there. So having you know having a Visa card or an American Express or a Mastercard of some sort uh, is probably going to be as long as people can accept credit cards, they will be accepting those. We're going to take a quick break. One other thing I thought that when we were talking about that is the, the idea of your bank account would be um, possibly look on a regional map. If, if you have one of these regional banks and if you think that you might have to evacuate, uh, it might help you to plan out where you go to know that you have a branch of your financial institution in the areas that you're going to be evacuating to. That's a great point. Uh, we will take a break. When we get back, we will continue talking about financial preparedness for natural disasters, most of, of us thinking about hurricane during this time of year. Also, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have today. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We are talking today about financial preparedness for natural disasters and also looking for your uh, personal finance questions. It is the uh, the middle of hurricane season. September is Hurricane Preparedness Month, and so that's why we chose this topic this morning. And also very uh, timely as uh, Hurricane Irma uh, is in the Atlantic Ocean uh, headed towards the uh, U.S. mainland. It's a Category 5 hurricane, so it is a serious storm uh, that you should keep track of. Uh, certainly people in Florida are, but even folks here in Mississippi and other states in the Gulf of Mexico uh, need to keep an eye on it because you never know uh, what the path of the storm will be. <clears throat> so um, if you have any uh, experiences, maybe from Hurricane Katrina, things that you might have wished you would have known financially during that storm that you could uh, share the advice that you learned, the lessons that you learned from that storm, or as I said, any personal finance questions, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 672 
800-242-7464. So, Ryder, we were talking about uh, in this part of the toolkit that where you borrowed from the uh, Florida Department of Financial Services and the idea of uh, listing financial account information. Some of it you would need uh, in the immediate aftermath of the storm. Other, uh, others of this is just to have on hand in case you are displaced, uh, some your home is damaged or whatever. Uh, you might need this, and it's good to have it on hand. Uh, the idea of your mortgage. Uh, auto insurance. Uh, but another one I think that's really important, again, because uh, of, of possible evacuation and temporary relocation to another mm-hmm. area is uh, medical insurance information. Yeah, and, and that gets tricky because since uh, health insurance is done, you know, it's very state-specific, um, you know, you might be out of network or something. But um, having still having that information is going to be important um, just because you think, oh, you know, I'm you know, this isn't my regular doctor. This isn't my regular hospital network. Um, still having that, you, you never know how it's going to play out in the end. I'll just always have that information with you. Also, and again, this is a really a, a well-done kit that the uh, the Department of Financial Services in Florida did for us, and you don't have to have it, but you would certainly uh, be good to sort of maybe model yourself if you're putting together your information, is after listing all the information, the the account numbers, the addresses and phone numbers connected with it, this one actually gives you a spot to uh, to, to uh, staple uh, your insurance card on the, in the actual kit, and maybe it would be a copy of it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's good to have uh, as much information as you need in terms of that uh, to help uh, in the aftermath of a storm. And I think that's really what we're talking about is, you know, we're prepared. So in case something happens uh, when, when, when the storm clears, uh, you're ready to go to try to get your life put back together as quickly as possible. Um, insurance claims, um, <clears throat> uh, that's obviously if there's damage, uh, you're going to need to work with your insurance mm-hmm. company. Uh, what, what are some things to keep in mind when, you, when we start talking about uh, filing a claim? Uh, documentation, 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 and act promptly. Um, that's, that's my four lessons there. Um, you know, taking pictures, uh, if you have some before pictures, that's good, but definitely pictures, pictures of the damage um, and a realistic assessment of, you know, do I need help immediately? Because especially in the aftermath of a large storm, there's going to be a lot of people filing claims. There's going to be a lot of people needing help. And, you know, if your problem is, uh, you know, it looks like some roof shingles are messed up and, you know, the railing on my balcony needs to be replaced, um, you know, don't don't tell the claims adjuster that it's an absolute emergency and he needs to get there now because there are people without without roofs without without rooms without homes um, and and so they're going to need to prioritize but make sure again even if, even if you think oh this is kind of minor it can wait there are deadlines to when you file things and there's just you know getting your information in um, and if you do you know obviously you know if uh, there's a hole in your roof and you need to cover it with a tarp. Keep the receipt for that tarp. Um, you know, keep the receipt for, you know, even if you get, say, like plastic storage bins to, you know, keep things safe in. Keep the receipts for those um, because you, you never know what's going to fit in under your claim. And and so, again, documentation, 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 and um, and just be, be prompt. And, uh, again, since we're talking about preparedness and you're kind of in a preparedness mode, I don't think people normally take pictures of their house. But, again, to have a before and after, uh, if, you, if, if, a, if a natural disaster is coming, a hurricane or other uh, severe weather, go ahead and take some shots around the house, you know, and get some good before pictures. And definitely, uh, as we mentioned, take some pictures of the damage uh, after uh, the storm rolls through. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, 
as you said, you know, document everything. And, and, and I thought your point about the bins was good, too. You know, if you buy some bins to keep your stuff uh, from getting damaged by the by, say, floodwaters or something, that might not be something that you could claim, but you would sort of be, oh, gosh, I should have. So, again, yeah, over preparedness, uh, you know, just really think about any kind of thing uh, that you any kind of expense that you do while preparing uh, for this, because uh, you you might regret not having it at a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess uh, you work with uh, an adjuster. Isn't that usually what happens is the insurance company will send an adjuster mm-hmm. to your house, and that's yes. kind of the person, the representative of the uh, insurance company that you work with through the process. Yes. Um, and that's, I mean, absolutely how it's going to go with, with home insurance because it's not like you can bring your house to their office or anything. Um, but they they will need to see what's going on. And, and again, especially if there's things that you need to clear away, um, you know, there's you're going to have wet carpets and, and wet drywall that you, you need to clear that away. Um, that, again, goes back to documenting. Document what you took out um, because if he shows up and he's like, well, it looks like you had a perfectly fine concrete floor. It's like, no, no, there was a really disgusting mold-infested rug under there before. Uh, there before. So um, document what you do before they arrive because, uh, again, after a natural disaster, even though they're going to be bringing people from around the country to do these sort of adjustments – even small things. I mean, I remember a hailstorm um, a couple of years ago. It took it took a couple of weeks to get a claims adjuster out just because there were a lot of people with hail damage on their roofs and cars. And um, so you want to document what you do beforehand so that they can see that they can make an honest assessment from there. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. In addition to talking about financial preparedness for natural disaster, we're looking for your personal finance questions as we do each Tuesday. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. And again, if you're someone who... Uh, lived through Hurricane Katrina and maybe learned some lessons about uh, financial preparedness that you'd be willing to share with us, we'd certainly appreciate your insight into this topic as well. Uh, As we work through this uh, toolkit provided by the Florida Department of Financial Services, that's been our inspiration for today's discussion. Uh, Again, in the insurance claim section, it's got a place to write down your adjuster's name, the company, the phone number, uh, the website if you need it. Uh, But also, um, it talks about uh, an interaction log. So anytime that you talk to someone uh, maybe with the insurance company. Obviously, you want to get the name of the institution, the name of the representative. Mm -hmm. That's really important. The date, the time, the details, and the outcome. So, you know, again, this is really a stressful time for everybody uh, that's involved in something like this. And so you don't want to rely on your memory uh, for this important information. And I would say, you know, if you've got something, if you've got this toolkit, or if you've got some place that you're keeping all this information safe, immediately after the phone call or the visit is over, just go ahead and, and write down the information because, again, you'll, you're going to need that later, uh, and you don't want to have to remember, rely on your memory when you're dealing with something that's really this uh, disturbing. And and a, and a good reminder with that is, you know, while you're preparing for a storm, and, yeah, you're doing everything, you're getting the water, you're getting some canned foods, you got gas for your generator, you made sure you pulled out some cash and stuff, don't forget, one of... A, a very important thing in disaster recovery is is going to be you know having a little notebook, a little pen and paper, uh, just to keep track of what's going on. Uh, that's going to be immensely helpful, especially if if the situation is particularly bad for you. You can you know document timeline of when things happen, and that's what that interaction log will really help with. We have a caller on the line, so we say good morning to Rob, who's called in from Gulfport today. Good morning, Rob. Go ahead, please. 
Uh, people need to realize when they file a claim with the National Flood Insurance, they're going to be depreciated at least 20%. You need to document, file, write down, uh, list all of your losses, uh, everything you can think of. Uh, get prices for it. Get quotes on it uh, as much as you can because they're gonna. It's going to be 20% right off the top, deducted, depreciated. Thank you, Rob. Have you have you filed flood insurance claims before? I didn't have flood insurance during Katrina. Ah, uh, okay. yeah, and uh, my, my family did. My, my mother family members did. All right, all right, Rob. Uh, that's that's a good point. Um, and again, that goes back to the idea of you know over document again don't don't assume that that's you know well that's not going to get reimbursed for or whatever and as rob said uh, with that especially if there's 20 percent coming off the top you want to make sure that uh, you know any kind of injury you suffered uh document it because that's that's the purpose of insurance is to you know to make you whole after this type of um of event occurs so you want to be uh, overly prepared and just be aware of a lot of that so rob uh, thanks for your call if you're listening this morning and have uh, some information like rob did about uh, what to do uh, in the aftermath of a natural disaster uh, some lessons that you might have learned from a previous storm you can give us a call share your experience at one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four We'll continue with more of the show after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Bunny Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. As we do each Tuesday, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you might have this morning. But today, we're uh, focusing specifically on financial preparedness uh, in uh, in terms of natural disasters. Uh, uh, September is uh, Hurricane Preparedness Month, and so uh, that's the uh, the genesis for our topic this morning. We've been going through a toolkit that the emergency uh, that the uh, Florida Department of Financial Services prepared. It's a way to uh, put all of the pertinent information that you might need in the aftermath of a storm in one place. And so we've been going through there, kind of picking through that and the good points that they bring out and, and talking about it. Uh, one thing, though, to keep in mind, and we had a caller from Gulfport, Rob, that mentioned the idea of flood insurance. So, again, as we sort of thinking about even preparing, uh, if you if you you might think about flood insurance, because, again, as I remember in Katrina, there was the big question about, well, is this damage from the hurricane or is this damage from floodwaters? And so uh, flood, flood insurance is certainly something uh, to keep in mind as you prepare, as you decide what sort of insurance, how to insure uh, your, your property uh, in terms of natural disasters. Yeah, and, and that, goes, that goes back to making sure that, you know, the coverage that you have uh, 
is is correct for the situation. And you know, sometimes reading reading your insurance policy, it can be a lot of legalese, but um, you know, they will often state very clearly some things that it does not include. And if you're like, well, that's actually a big concern of mine, um, you know, talk to your insurance agent about how you might get that covered um, or what other insurances you might need. Um, we're going through, and you know, we had talked about filing insurance claims, and that that, that you should keep track of uh, all of your interactions with your insurance company. Uh, before we press on, though, Ryder, we were also talking about uh, having um, your uh, financial information, your uh, financial institutions' information about uh, various bank accounts and that sort of thing in your toolkit, uh, ready at hand with the information there. And you had kind of an additional point that you wanted to talk about on that. Yeah. So a couple things. One, they mentioned here, you know, your mortgage information. And obviously, you know, missing a payment on your mortgage is is not a thing that you want to do, which is why, again, going back to the just general good habits that are going to prove useful in this situation is keeping things on auto pay. Um, If you have, you know, if you're keeping a couple extra months of cash available in your checking account or in a savings account near your checking account, then you're going to be able to keep those mortgage payments up. So, you know, push comes to shove. They're not going to have you know that's not going to be something that holds you back later um but also on things especially like a landlord where you're sending in a check every month you know, someone made a great point the other day um you know it's the first of the month it's time for a lot of people in Houston to pay rent and they wouldn't um they might not be at home they m- might be in another city they might not they are not thinking about paying their rent um these situations where you have large expenses that are going to be affected by the hurricane um, or affected by any natural disaster, you can talk to the person that you owe money to. You know, if if you're not in town, if you've been evacuated or if your apartment has damage to it, you know, call your landlord and say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to make this, but don't, you know, don't hold it against me. You know, let's work something out. Maybe I'll be able to pay you in two weeks. Maybe I'll be able to pay you next month. Uh, and, and maybe even, you know, my apartment is damaged. Um, I don't need to be paying this. Um, know that they, they are humans who, you know, they all also, you know, they need the money at times, uh, but they're also humans who can be sympathetic and also look, you know, this isn't this isn't a legal show. This isn't legal advice. Maybe you should call in in the next hour if you have a question about it. But um, as a as a tenant, you do have you do have rights. Uh, I know in Mississippi, you have probably fewer rights than most states, but uh, tenants do have rights to, you know, kind of safe housing if they're paying for it. So so keep that in mind and don't just think, oh, my goodness, this rent's going to kill me. It's like, no, that's a human being you can talk to and see if you can see if you can put that off for a little bit. But again, I would say there too something we always talk about is to um be proactive about those sorts of things. <clears throat> and if right. you do uh, if you do uh, contact uh maybe a, a landlord or something like that or maybe even a, a credit card company in your tool in your toolkit, you know, put that log that down to mm-hmm. when you know who you called, when you called, that sort of thing. Yep. <clears throat> We've reached the the section of it's called the emergency repair log, and this is a, an area where you can uh, detail your repairs, the cost, and the date of the repair. Thing that we I would like to mention, and this is something uh, that we need to keep in mind. And I think I heard a story on the Morning Edition this morning um, that you know, unfortunately, uh, in the aftermath of a natural disaster, scammers are plentiful. 
uh, oh, people yeah. that are trying to cheat you out of your money, uh, but also kind of fly-by-night repair people. So uh, anytime someone comes by uh, that wants to offer you uh, is a contractor or someone who's going to offer you to work on your home to to do some repairs, um, ask them for the uh, their license, uh, you know, and all the proper forms there. And I would say uh, that if they're reluctant to or they don't have it, um, I would, you know, pass on that, you know, because there are going to be legitimate repair services out there, contractors out there who uh, legitimately do their work and have the proper permits and licenses and that sort of thing. And it's important because... You know, you're trying to get your home repaired as quickly as possible. And also, uh, you know, it's money. You don't want to waste money on someone who's trying to take advantage of you, again, in a situation where you're stressed and maybe not thinking clearly. But, so, you know, I think this is the idea of if you have a kit like this, if you have a go-to place where all this information is, uh, it can help you clear your thoughts and, and, and make sound decisions in, at a time when, when we're under a lot of stress. Uh, that's a great point about planning ahead. You know, when you have – when you ha- have a range, pre-range when you know people beforehand who you can talk to, who you trust. You know, maybe you have a friend who's a contractor. They're not necessarily going to be able to get to your house, but if you have some repairs, it's someone you can talk to and who will understand your situation and will be able to give you some good advice about that situation. So always, you know, it's always good to have that network of people who you can call on and and get some advice in an emergency situation, even if they're not going to be the ones handling it for you. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking about financial preparedness for natural disasters, specifically hurricanes this time of year in this part of the country. Uh, If you have a personal finance question, we can also help you with that as well. Uh, And also, as we said, if you've learned a lesson from a previous storm, maybe Hurricane Katrina or another natural disaster, we are uh, unfortunately often the site of a lot of tornadoes here in Mississippi as well. Uh, If you've learned something about how to prepare financially or some things to keep in mind for others that might be in a similar situation, we would certainly uh, love to hear your insights and your tips and the lessons that you learned as well. So give us a call if you'd like to join the show. The number is 1-877-MPB. Ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. So we talked about the idea of protecting your property and the idea of, you know, photos of your house before and after if there is any damage. But also, you know, you're liable to have damage to the property that you own, the things inside your house. And again, uh, this is a, a good thing to have. And that's an idea of your personal asset inventories. Again, the suggestion is take some photographs, maybe a video of the things that you have. Keep that in a safe, dry place. I think uh, in the digital age, it would be easy to take a bunch of photographs and and put them on a jump drive and, again, stick that in with your toolkit that we've advised you maybe uh, putting in a a big uh, Ziploc bag. But obviously, again, Ryder, these are the things that, you know, gosh, that TV or, you know, what did I have, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Again, you're under a lot of stress because you've just gone through this this horrible experience, and it's it's difficult to rely on your memory sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, you you mentioned taking digital photographs, keeping them on jump drive as well if you have you know uh, a, a cloud storage service like dropbox or even just emailing things to yourself and um you know putting the word you know emergency or insurance in there so you can just go back and search for that that's not a bad idea um but definitely anything anything that's you know of value in your home that could be damaged that you need to replace um you know Obviously, there's sentimental things like photographs and books and things, but these aren't the things you're going to file insurance claims on. Um, any you know, kitchen equipment, elect, you know, electronics like your TV, your uh, your gaming consoles, things like that. Um, 
are going to be, you know, document what you have. Um, you know, maybe just take a picture of its serial number maybe. So, you know, you've got the serial number, model number. It's very easy to know what it was. And um, doing it all beforehand is going to cut down on a lot of stress afterwards. And, you know, on, on something like that, I would say it, it might be useful to have that even uh, if you're not uh, anticipating uh, severe weather coming your way, because yeah. if you were ever uh, robbed, if your house is broken into, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good thing to have. Uh, and again, pictures so that you know what it looked like. But also, I would say maybe if you could jot down what the item was, if you can remember mm-hmm. uh, when you bought it, even sometimes, uh, you know, I think it's a good idea when you buy a large ticket electronic item, Save the receipt and that kind of thing. And Absolutely. Again, you know, so that would be something uh, that you would hopefully have on hand per- permanently. But again, certainly something to include in this uh, safe box that you're keeping of, of important information uh, that you'll need to reference in the in the aftermath of natural disaster. Yeah, and while of course right now we're talking about natural disasters like a hurricane, for instance. Um, Disasters and emergency situations can arise for a whole lot of reasons. Um, emergencies can be you getting robbed or your house burning down, things like that. And and this sort of preparedness is going to help you in those sort of situations as well. Um, even uh, even just in times when you, you know not necessarily an emergency is going on, but you're just overwhelmed with things. You're out of town. You know maybe there's an illness in the family. You're not able and you're not able to deal with some things you're not able to get around to sending a check off to pay some bills you're not you're not able to get around to making sure that everything in the house is put up and safe and clean uh, those are you know just obviously pale in comparison to a hurricane situation or natural disaster situation but these are you know the these good habits these good habits of documenting what you have these good habits of keeping track of your you know income and expenses going in and out of your accounts keeping track of making sure you have enough cash on hand these are things that are going to prove helpful in a lot of situations so um you know don't yeah don't don't hesitate to to get started on this sort of thing right some good some good habits that you'll set up now uh, and then again uh, th- it'll make your preparedness kit a lot easier to uh, to assemble if you've gotten some good habits installed and, and have these things uh, readily at hand where you can kind of put them all together uh, when you need them in, in one uh, toolkit as we're calling it here this morning and again Absolutely. looks like we have a caller on the line so we'll invite uh, linda from port gibson on the air good morning linda go ahead Yes, I have a general question okay. about what if your apartment, I mean, your rental, what if your apartment is destroyed to the point where it's, uh, you can't get in it or do you still pay rent? Or? Um, this That starts venturing into the area of legal advice, which is on our next hour. However, in a case like that, I would definitely call your landlord, call, you know, even maybe if you can't reach them, maintenance. And and again, it's important to have a list, more than one contact for that. Um, And and tell them, tell them, look, I can't get into my apartment. I'm not there. Um, And. You just say either I'm not able to pay rent or part of this, again, in the direct aftermath of a natural disaster, you're not necessarily going to have everything together to put together a strong legal argument to this person. But, you know, just say, hey, can we can we put this off for a little while until I get back and we're able to get together and assess that? Well, what if uh, that person has moved to another location and they have to pay rent there? Um, so, 
so you're you're saying if you if you evacuated to an area and you have to pay rent there, what what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Um, well, you can't pay two rent. again, absolutely. And, and again, this is, you know, one thing about paying a direct expense like that, which is housing is a very large expense. And so it's it's good uh, for you to contact people, you know, be able to be able to contact your your first landlord and say, hey, I I have evacuated. I am unable to get into my apartment. I do not think I should pay rent. You know, again, if you want to. F- a full legal argument of what your rights as a renter are, you might want to call in on the next show uh, because this does get into a legal area. But as far as financially, you need to ask for as much kind of forgiveness and forbearance as you can get. Say, you know what? I don't plan on being back for another month. I would like it if I didn't have to pay for another month. Uh, And then also with your new landlord, ask them to be very understanding about your situation. And there's things like, Especially if you move to a new place and you expect to go home, ask for things like um, getting a deposit waived, maybe. You know, say, you know what, maybe I'm only going to be here for three weeks. Maybe it's going to be six weeks. Can I pay on a weekly basis Um, without without that? costing you more you know say rent is four hundred dollars a month just say could i pay straight up one hundred dollars a month um and and again in the direct aftermath of a storm this is going to be stressful you're not necessarily going to think of all these things but writing down a few things writing down who you need to speak with um about your rent and writing down kind of what you expect to get out of your rent is going to be important um and just Remember, these are humans. You can talk to them. Thanks for the call in. And I would also say, uh, you know, where you're living now is more important. So I would put any financial resources towards your current uh, where you are. And also, as Ryder said, uh, it's, it's not out of the blue. People are going to be aware of, of the situation. So I think uh, that there will be, uh, you know, special uh, circumstances that, that I think they'll understand. We need to take one final break. When we get back, we'll wrap up Money Talks. We're talking today about financial preparedness uh, for hurricane season. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft. We've been talking today about preparing financially for a natural disaster. September is Hurricane Preparedness Month, and so uh, we have been uh, talking about some things to keep in mind. Thanks to the uh, Florida Department of Financial Services for being our inspiration for this and talking about a financial toolkit to put together. Uh, one of the things that we talked about was uh, types of information that you would want to include in there, and uh, another resource here uh, has some interesting information. Uh, your driver's license, maybe not the actual one, but have a photocopy of the front and back of that. Any other photo IDs that you have, things like marriage licenses, uh, divorce licenses, birth certificates, that information is good to keep. Uh, yeah, you want to keep your divorce certificate. You don't want to come out of a hurricane and find, oh, man, I, I got remarried in the hurricane. That 
You don't want that to happen. Uh, Social security cards, information on your children. Uh, Don't forget about your pets, uh, pet tags, ID cards, uh, any kind of pet identification, including uh, microchip information. Uh, But the one on this that that I thought was interesting, uh, that uh, you might want to save things like a lease or rental agreement because proof of uh, residence is required for uh, a lot of federal disaster assistance. So things like a lease agreement, uh, uh, your mortgage information, or even it says uh, uh, utility bills might help prove that. So uh, those are some other things to keep in mind about. uh, That's a good point. About assembling this kit. And I think we said it uh, earlier, anything you can think of that might be important and that might be helpful to you in the aftermath of a storm. Again, we've mentioned how how trying it is. You're going to be under the gun. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to be worried about a lot of things. So have this information handy and ready in a waterproof, maybe as we mentioned, a Ziploc baggie uh, to make sure that this is one less thing that you have to worry about when you're dealing uh, with uh, recovering from the storm. Speaking about recovery from the storm and impact of the storm, uh, Hurricane Harvey, one of the largest natural disasters in our our nation's history, uh, certainly affected people uh, in uh, Texas and in Louisiana mm-hmm. and even up through Tennessee as, as the storm tracked through. But these these storms have sort of a, an impact on our general economy. They do have broader economic impact. And one of the obvious things for hitting Houston, everyone thinks oil and gas. And um, the, kind of the weird thing is right in the aftermath of Harvey, uh, price of oil continued to slip a little bit. And partly that's because um, we had already had a lot of oil supply. We'd already had a glut of oil. Um, and then the refineries in Houston, about a third of our refining capacity, uh, they were shut down. So they weren't using that oil. So there was less demand for the oil or at least less ability to use the oil. And there was more oil. So that price went down. But gas, I remember um, last week gas was $2 a gallon. I had lunch with a friend and I remarked how it had already gone up 10 or 20 cents. And by the next afternoon, I texted him and I was like, I wish I had got gas when I had lunch with you because it was it was two fifty everywhere. And I'm not sure what it got to over this weekend, but uh, there was a lot of demand for gas and also less gas being produced. So just a recipe for the price rising. Um, and there's a couple other broad economic things. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how this is going to impact the car market. Obviously, a lot of people need to replace their cars. Uh, if people had their cars on a lease or if they still had a car loan, it's it's likely that they had comprehensive insurance, which will cover it. Uh, for people who owned their cars outright, then there's going to be a little a uh, little more trouble there, but there's going to be a lot of demand for, for used cars. There's going to be a lot of demand for new cars. And when things like that happen, people think, oh, well, that's a that's a lot of investment. That's a lot of spending. That'll be that'll be good for the economy. Right. Because we talk about spending is good for the economy. But uh, unfortunately, this is this is kind of lower productivity spending. You know, if if you're forced to take ten thousand dollars and spend it on home repairs, that's ten thousand dollars that you weren't able to put to some, you know, higher and better use. That's $10,000 that you can't use to uh, put your child through college, that you can't invest in a business, that you can't use uh, in some other way. And while insurance companies will absorb a lot of that cost, uh, since it's going to be kind of going back to the basics for a lot of folks, then it, it it's going to be a little bit of a drag on the economy, uh, particularly Houston, a very entrepreneurial city, a uh, city where a, a lot of, you know, pe- people go to start businesses and, you know, make their millions in Houston. And um, and that that ability to go out and start businesses uh, is going to be affected for a little while. 
Well, and as you talk about, you know, as we've learned from previous storms, you know, recovery is when it's not weeks and months we talk about, it's years. So that might have sort of a dampening effect on, on that yeah. area for, for a number of years to come. Absolutely. Uh, we're about to wrap up, but would like to again uh, reiterate that the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation has issued an Amber Alert. This is, involves a 12-year-old uh, teen in Pearl. Uh, the car that is uh, um, that the, the inve- MBI wants you to know about, it's a black 2006 Chrysler 300 bearing Mississippi license plate. RGT 700. It was seen on Highway 468 traveling toward Interstate 20. And if you have any information that you needed to share with the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation about this incident, uh, you can call them at 855-642-5378. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, you can find it at mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. We had some important interruptions with that Amber Alert, but uh, our online will uh, be complete and the all of the show will be there for you to listen to. Thanks to our producer, Liz Gill. So for Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms, where they're talking about copyright law. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.